Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 13 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Kenny Rotter from Dumbbells and Dragons. How you doing, Kenny? I'm doing very well, Joe. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. Very excited to talk to you today. Um, you're you're doing something that a lot of us should be doing, um, getting exercise into our, our geek culture routine. But before we get into all of that, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I recently moved here to Los Angeles from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I am... By day, my 40-hour work week is filled with being an attorney here in Los Angeles. And then in my spare time, I spend it either working out or working on the Dumbbells and Dragons website, uh, getting that all fired up. And essentially, I am trying to motivate and inspire geeks, nerds, whatever you want to call it, um, to embrace their passions, uh, both in nerd culture and in fitness culture. And on the opposite side, I'm also trying to inspire uh, jocks, like a bunch of my friends are, into getting more involved with their geekitudes. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, what are your areas of geekitude? What what areas do you hold dear? Oh, God, there's so many. Currently, right now, I am big into TV. It's probably the fastest and easiest way I can get in my nerd culture. I'm a huge uh, Joss Whedon fan. I love Firefly, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel. Dollhouse was probably one of the best shows on television. And then also, comics-wise, I'm very much into the Walking Dead comics. I'm catching up on those. I'm very neat. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, uh, you're you're a man to my own heart because uh, big Joss Whedon fan. Um, in fact, I, I have a, a little bit of this week in geek. We'll we'll talk about in in a moment. Recruiting uh, Buffy, but uh, anything else? Any other things? You know, um, I do nerd out a lot over uh, craft beer and fantasy football. I nice. I like talking about it. I like trying new beers. I actually just wrote a blog entry on. Uh, craft beers where I equated them to Pokemon that uh, I got to catch them all. I need to try as many different beers as I can just to see what I like, don't like. And it's it's a blast. I'm not going to remember the name of the app, but there is an app out there. I want to say Untapped that basically you can record what beers you've tried and give them a rating. And then it's got a social networking aspect that lets you post it and people can comment on it and that kind of stuff. Have you seen this? Uh, I have seen Untapped. I am on Untapped. I was actually one of the first users. Uh, if anybody wants to friend me on that, it's at Kenneth Rotter. It, it's a little disheartening because then when I look at all the beers I've drank, I'm starting to think, wow, maybe this is getting excessive. <laughs> Well, see, you don't don't look at it as the number of, of beers that you've had to drink. Look at it as the number of beers that you've tasted. This is true. This is very true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm a big... Uh, what is your favorite uh, beer? Because I'm a big beer. Oh, right now, just because of the cold weather, I'm a big stout fan. Mm -hmm. uh, I just had a tart cherry Russian Imperial Stout by Boulevard Brewing Company last night that was absolutely delicious. Uh Mixing in the nerd culture, uh, if anyone has ever gotten a chance to try Stone Brewing's Woot Stout, it's actually brewed in conjunction with Will Wheaton of Star oh, nice. Trek fame, and it is 
it is probably one of the most delicious stouts I've ever had in my entire life. They release it once a year, uh, the day before San Diego Comic Con. Oh wow! And it's it's really good. So is it is do you have to go to the brewery for it? No, they do distribute. Uh, they do bottle it and distribute it into their normal repertoire of dis- distribution. But I know it's only available usually around July and August. Okay. Yeah, because I, I do make the trek uh, every year down to Comic-Con and, and certainly past the, the brewing company. So I have to, have to check that out. I actually saw um, Will Wheaton do a reading. They used to do something. I don't know if they still do. They used to do something called uh, Books and Brews. And they'd have authors come in and read excerpts from their books. And uh, they'd pair it with a, a beer. It was pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Um, the other two things that I need to get out there uh, are uh, two book series, well, one book and one book series that I'm currently in the middle of. One is the Alien series by Jeannie Koch. Mm-hmm. Um, she is my mother-in-law, so I have to read them. <laughs> but they're actually, it's actually a really good, fast, easy read. I think she's on book 15 of the series, but you can start out with, uh, the first book, it's called Touched by an Alien. Yes, it's meant to be a play on Touched by an Angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other book is The Historian by Rachel Bolin. This book takes time travel to a really cool new level. It involves, essentially, time travel has been invented, and it's regulated by the U.S. government and the Department of Time. So That sounds really cool. Yeah, and the entire book is about this one girl who works there who works for the Department of Time, and it essentially builds into a sci-fi mystery novel that uses time travel in, I think, a very interesting way. So I don't want to spoil it for anyone. I do uh, encourage everyone to head over to Amazon and pick that one up. It's awesome. That sounds really cool. That sounds really um, up our alleys. uh, We started to watch. I'm not sure that we're going to finish the the TV show, um, The Man in the High Castle. Did you see that? You know, I watched the first four episodes right when it, like, back in November, and then I just caught up on the three or four more episodes yesterday. So I'm actually quite familiar with it. Is it is it worth sticking with? Because we're kind of thinking it's it's very dark, it's very kind of slow, and so we're we're not sure we're going to stick with it. But the, the whole history, time travel element kind of... It, brought that to mind it's good my Mm -hmm. my one concern with it and this i felt a lot yesterday it's so tense i am Mm -hmm. i'm i'm very invested in these characters i don't know who's who or in the sense of who's on what side right the the protagonist female juliana is always in the extremely tense situations, and it keeps me on the edge of my seat. But I don't know if I want to be putting myself through that in our, you know, a week with a show. Right. The Walking Dead does that to me enough. <laughs> now, how how far along are you as far as the comic book goes in comparison to the uh, the Walking Dead TV series? Well, uh, I'm on issue. I just finished issue 100. That was the last issue I read. Uh, and okay. if, if I don't want to, I mean, it's been out for like four years, the, that issue. So I don't know if there's spoiler. Do you have a spoiler alert level? Um, we do have a spoiler alert level. I don't think I'm up to a, uh, 
issue 100 yet. I think I'm still in the 80s somewhere. Okay. But um, okay, then but I might be close. So I'm not going to spoil it. Issue 100 is absolutely incredible. Um, but it was so intense for me that I didn't read another Walking Dead comic for two and a half years. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I also think that's just because the life got in the way. Yeah. But they have really the comics and the books have really gone their separate ways. I think the mm-hmm. show uses some elements from the comics, but pure storylines I don't think are really used on a day-to-day or on an episode-to-episode basis. Yeah. No, I, I would agree. Was is to, to try not to be too vague, was the episode or issue 100 kind of what the beginning of this season was based on, that those of us who have been reading the comic books were all kind of convinced that something had happened that didn't? Yes. Okay, then I have read that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm sitting there like like tragically destroyed when I read the comic and then I'm just kind of not looking forward to seeing it in the TV show and then they went a different way in the TV show and I was not I was not unhappy with it. Are you caught up with with the TV show? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I still think the comic book ending is going to happen. Yes, because they haven't introduced the whole character yeah. which which is it's just prolonging the inevitable, which is kind of cruel. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of cruel. Just rip off the Band-Aid. So I apologize for all of those who are listening saying, what are they talking about? But if you've read the comic or you're caught up on the series, you know you know what the big controversy this season was. So we're not going to spoil anything here. I do need to mention, have you watched Ash vs. Evil Dead? I haven't. And it sounds amazing, but I don't think it's on a channel that we get. It's... It's not. It's on stars, which mm-hmm. is super like inconvenient for a majority of people. But if you're lucky enough to have stars or at least have a workaround where you know you can get it without having stars, mm-hmm. it's absolutely hilarious show. Bruce Campbell is by far one of my favorite actors of all time. It's got it's got the zombies. It's got the horror. It's got c- amazing comedy. And with it being on stars, they have no issue pushing the envelope. Well, that's always cool because it's always nice when you can actually get immersed and then you don't get like the, the ABC sensing, yeah. <laughs> censoring uh, elements that you're like, well, it could have gone that direction, but it, it, it's not going. Yeah. All right. Well, um, where are your areas of geekitude low? Where do you feel like you could probably study up on in, in a different way? Well, number one, I would have to say my tabletop gaming. Uh, mm-hmm. Last summer, we went through and we created my my D&D character, my Dungeons & Dragons character, and we were going to start, and then we just never got around to actually uh, playing, so that was a little bit of a bummer. I would say video games. Like, I can invest an hour into a TV show every night, but mm-hmm. sometimes with video games, I have to... I think that's a little bit too much of a time investment. Right. However, I will say... Uh, I was in Florida a couple weeks ago, and by a couple weeks, I mean a couple months, and I finally beat the Simpsons arcade game, <laughs> if anybody remembers that one, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Turtles in Time arcade game. That's awesome. Uh, two of the highlights of my video game career right there. Uh, and then, like you and I were talking a little bit previously, I am not at all up to date with the DC Universe. I mm-hmm. I haven't watched Arrow since the first season, I haven't watched any of Flash, I haven't watched any Supergirl, and I'm not really that aware of Legends of Tomorrow. 
Well, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> there is only so much time in the day for everybody to explore their, their geekiness, and you sound like a very, very busy individual, so I completely understand having to pick and choose, and it sounds like you've picked some really good ones, so we can't hold you accountable for the others. No, thank you. <laughs> the the tabletop game, I want to go back to that for a second. That is just a hard thing to commit to, and it takes so many people, and it takes a lot of work that it's understandable that a lot of people are like, I would love to play Dungeons & Dragons, but I just don't have the resources to be available to do that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough, and it's time-consuming. It is. It is. I have a, a colleague who just recently, after he got married, is starting to slow down in his weekly game, which you know eventually became a monthly game, and now it's a whenever-we-can game. And uh, and he he he's bummed because he's been working with the same guys that he's known since high school. But you know, just life life happens. Yeah, and it's 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 really a sense of priority. Mm-hmm. You know, do I want to spend an entire day tabletop gaming, or do I want to catch up on two episodes of a TV show, spend time with the family, spend time with the dogs? You know go to the gym, work out, do my normal things. And so I just, I feel it's a, it's a matter of time versus priority. It's just not a mm-hmm. high priority for me right now. Yeah. But you know, never know. You may fall in, especially through this, you may fall into a group that's like, Hey, we do it, you know, in perfect time and you never know. Oh yeah, absolutely. If somebody was like, Hey, come join us this one week, I'd be like, okay, I'll go and I'll see what it, you know? And yeah, yeah. very cool. Um, what other projects are you working on? All right. Uh, right now, my main projects are uh, Dumbbells and Dragons. The The website takes a, a decent amount of time just getting everything updated, trying to launch a podcast aspect that you and I spoke about earlier. Um, mm-hmm. I do try to spend uh, an hour to two hours at the gym four to six times a week, so that also takes up time. But I'm catching up on Doctor Who, which is amazing. Uh, I'm really falling in love with it. Veronica and I and my wife are catching up on all the James Bond movies. So we're slowly, oh, that's neat. Yeah, we're slowly working our way through uh, that. I think we're on Roger Moore right now. So we've gotten through Connery. So you've gone all the way back. Oh, yeah. We, we started at Dr. No and are just working our way forward. Uh, I'm really excited for when we get to... I actually hadn't seen a lot of the Roger Moore Bonds and I hadn't seen, I think, any of the Timothy Dalton Bonds. Uh-huh. I actually really liked On Her Majesty's Secret Service with George Lazenby. I thought that was one of the better scripts of some of the early Bond movies. Mm-hmm. I got into Bond as a kid at GoldenEye with Pierce Brosnan. Yes. So that was the sweet spot for me. And so I'm really looking forward to getting into... Getting into those and re rewatching a couple of those, even though I thought Brosnan was one of the best Bonds with the crappiest scripts. Yeah, he really didn't get much help from the scripts, but he he very much embodied the character. Oh yeah, he was great. But... I'm I'm in awe of you being able to go back and watch all of those movies though, because as great as some of them are, some of them are not good. Oh no, no, some of them <laughs> are just bad. And it's it's really what's difficult is we're now in this time period of almost hypersensitivity. Mm-hmm. And when you go back and watch the early Bonds, he slaps around women. Oh, yeah. And it's just, yeah, some of them are trying to kill him, but some of them aren't. And, right. And you're like, that would not fly 
in today's movies. I remember experiencing that one when I was watching Mad Men. Did you ever watch Mad Men? Yes, I watched the first four seasons. Um, I, I remember just there's so many moments in that TV show where you're just like, oh my god, I can't believe it was actually like that back then. Oh, I, it, 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 it makes me physically uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do appreciate that they got to have, you know, their fully stocked bars in each of their offices. Yes. So that's cool, but... But it came with a price because that, <laughs> that yeah. certainly contributed to their behavior. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, oh, but no. So James Bond, and I say that we're catching up on the James Bond movies, but we're, we watch maybe one Bond movie a month. So it's it's slow but steady wins the race on that one. <laughs> but it's still, I mean, that like I said, that's a, quite the feat because there are some that you have to kind of struggle through. There, there are some of the iconic ones that everybody loves that are a joy to watch, and uh, and so yeah, I think you know, bravo to you for being able to stick to it because that's that's not an easy series yeah. to get through because it's, it's big and it's not consistent. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Anything else? No. Um, the only other thing really that I'm working on right now is Veronica and I uh, volunteer for Angel City Pipples. Um, we love, we're dog lovers, so that takes up a good chunk of our time. We volunteer with them. Um, we foster dogs for them. So it's fun. It's hard living in a two-bedroom apartment with foster dogs, but... It's it's worth it. They need, you know, loving homes. That's very cool. That's very cool. I uh, had, when I was uh, a little bit younger and straight out of college, I had a Basset from a rescue. Nice. Yeah, I love dogs. Uh, we we don't have one now, partly because we, we kind of split our time between being out in Palm Springs and being out in L.A., but uh, my, my husband's been a little bit hesitant. He was never a big pet person, so I've, I've been wearing him down, and I think at this point, once our, our house renovations are done this summer, uh, we might be, I might be able to finally convince him that it is time. Well, if you guys enjoy dogs, if you, I can hook you up with some good ones at Angel City Pitbulls. They're adorable. Um, I know they get a bad rap. But mm-hmm. um, we have a one-year-old pit bull. Uh, her name is Coco. She is absolutely amazing. I've got a two-year-old nephew that she is amazing with. She's so gentle that it'll it, it would seriously. If if any pit bull haters saw how my nephew and Coco interact, they would be like, "Oh, I had this all wrong." Yeah, yeah. No, they definitely get an unfair rap. It's really people have to remember that for the most part, it's. It's the people who own the animals that are responsible for a lot of the behavior. Absolutely. And if they're not well-trained, then that's that's where you're going to get the problems. Yes. Well, very cool. Very cool. Um, out of all of this geekiness, what is your favorite fandom? Oh, so by far, one of my favorite fandoms is Firefly and the Browncoats. Just to have taken this show and kept it alive for... 15, 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. I think shows a lot of dedication. I do think some go overboard. Um, like the show's gone. Let's move forward. Let's understand that it's never going to be, it's never going to come back. We are never going to get another season, but let's right. enjoy the 14 episodes in a movie that we have. Yeah. Um, so there's some of the most diehard fans and I love that game of Thrones. I love game of Thrones. Uh, I love their cosplay. I know you did an earlier podcast about cosplay. Mm-hmm. The people who cosplay Game of Thrones always put in such a magnificent effort that it's their costumes at Comic Cons are just awe inspiring. Now, are you are you a participant or an admirer? 
of the cosplay? I have been wanting to cosplay more. However, right now, mostly because I go to Comic-Cons for work, uh, I don't cosplay. I have cosplayed before. Mine and my mm-hmm. wife's first date was to San Diego Comic-Con. Um, <laughs> and, and that's why I married her. That's very cool. <laughs> she was she was Black Canary and I was Wolverine. Awesome. But I didn't mention this earlier, but one of the things I do is I run Tough Mudders. And, well, that's cool. Yeah, and Tough Mudders are essentially a 12-mile obstacle course race. And I will cosplay a lot during those races. Well, because that's one of the, the fun things about Tough Mudders, isn't it? That everybody kind of dresses up or, or has their funny t-shirts or, you know, they have, they have something that very much is them. Yes. When they're doing these. A lot of people, uh, dress up. I have dressed up as some ridiculous things. What I normally do is I will auction off my costume for a particular race for a particular charity. Well, that's so cool. I will say, Highest donor for, you know, this charity in this time period gets to pick my costume for this race. So a good one was someone had me as, and I'll wear whatever, whatever they tell me to wear or whatever they tell me not to wear. So one of my friends had me as Catwoman. Uh, (laughs) One of my friends had me as uh, Tobias Funke from Arrested Development. Nice. But it was him when he was auditioning for the Blue Man group. (laughs) <laughs> so the costume was literally me in cut-off jeans in head-to-toe blue body paint. Wow. Um, it was one of the worst races I'd ever run because I was so hot from all this liquid latex on me. Yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine that would be at all comfortable. <laughs> but it was fun. Everyone had a blast. People were taking pictures with me, and it was for a good cause. So it was awesome. That is awesome. That's very cool. You are quite the active person. I don't know how you find the time of the day. <laughs> well, um... I, we all have just as much time during the day as Beyonce. So this, this is true. This is true. That's a very good point. All right. Finally, what is your guilty pleasure? Oh, I have t- I have two. Okay. I, I love terrible horror movies. Um, Sharknado, Sharknado two, uh, Sharknado three. No, anything with like mega or giant in the title is fair game. Right now, I'm. Getting up, I'm getting ready to do a screening with a buddy of mine. We watch horror movies together. Of I want to I want to try to find the title for you real quick. Dude Bro Party Massacre Three. <laughs> it's not a sequel. It's the first one in the series. Nice. So yeah, and then there's other movies like that. One of one of my favorites. One of my favorite interactions with this buddy was I was like, okay, I got the movie for tonight. It's hobo with a shotgun and he says to me well what's it about and i was like a hobo with a shotgun i highly recommend that that is a great movie rucker hauer is the hobo with a shotgun and it's hysterical that's phenomenal like i i love movies that are so bad they're good <sighs> and uh, like it's a it's a special joy for me and so i'm glad that other people enjoy that too you will you will have to uh send us a, a message and let us know when you when you complete uh Dude Bro... Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I'm very interested to see how that turns out. Because I do find that when you you invest time in uh, movies that are so bad that they're good, that you do... Of you know, occasionally fall into the movies that are so bad they're just bad. Yeah, and so you know you'll have to let us know what what, what column that one falls into because it sounds delightfully awful. I know I can't wait. 
Uh, problem is the buddy I usually watch with is he lives out of state, so we only get together every few months to to watch horror movies and do crazy shenanigans. Yeah, but hey, what a what a great thing to look forward to. Oh, seriously. Terrible. And your second oh, one? My second, uh, your second thing? My second thing is I am just now starting to get back into WWE and professional wrestling. I watched it a bunch as a kid. Uh-huh. Like, through middle school, and then middle school, it's a hard time for everyone. Everyone makes fun of everybody. And apparently... Everybody was watching WWE, but nobody wanted to admit it except me, and so I got made fun of and picked on for it, and now apparently WWE is the cool thing to to watch or like or whatever. So in the past two or three months, probably since November, I started getting back into watching Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, and... and Things like that. And again, it's one of those things where it's just so bad. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, I'm so drawn into it. And I like the, the bigger than life characters and their interactions and the really bad storylines. Like, I, I honestly think I could cut out all of the wrestling matches and just pay attention to the dialogue in between matches. It's true. It's true. I, I watched it as a kid. I think most of us did. And uh, and then I had a friend, a roommate, when I was just out of college who was really into it. Really, really into it. And so we would, we would, that was kind of our hangout night. We would, you know, do Monday night and watch wrestling. And it is, there's something very just silly and childlike about it. Yeah. You know, it, it's definitely a fun thing to, to do, especially if you're doing it with other people. Like we, and and you do you end up talking through most of the wrestling unless there's a like the big finishing move you kind of quiet down oh, oh, oh there it is but the rest of it you could kind of just like visit you know eat your chips and guac and you know just yeah. enjoy hanging out with one another so no nothing nothing to be guilty about there so that sounds like a fun time well, and what was interesting is what got me back into it is the craft beer things that I enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. Stone Cold Steve Austin, people from the 90s should remember that name. Oh, yes. Brewed a beer with El Segundo Brewing Company, which is down in El Segundo, California, and they were doing a release party. So I went to the release party. Stone Cold Steve Austin was there, mm-hmm. taking pictures, talking to everybody. And so it was 200 people in this brewery, <clears throat> all cheering for him, all wrestling fans. And he's behind the bar. I'm in front of the bar. And I just, I'm asking him a couple questions. He ignores 199 other people just to answer my question for about 10 to 15 minutes. He's probably one of the nicest, smartest, most well-spoken people I've ever interacted with, which was so different from his character as a wrestler. That's so awesome. Yeah. It's one of those moments where the people you admire are worthy of your admiration. And you so often hear the stories about people being disappointments that I always love hearing when people kind of exceed expectations. I think that's so cool. Yeah, it was he was really cool. So it was really nice to actually have a positive experience with um, a celebrity so soon into me moving out here in L.A. Because I've had friends who, again, had that bad experience where they are really excited to meet someone and the person's just not very nice. Yeah, no, definitely. I've I've lived out in the LA area for my entire life, and uh, yeah, we definitely have that reputation. Yeah, um, it's part of the part of the problem about being in the industry town 
And that's one of the nice things and one of the reasons why we're in Palm Springs most of the time is because <laughs> it's very, very not Southern California out here. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, thank you for, for sharing uh, yourself with us today and, and letting us know all about you. Um, you've got a lot of stuff going on, and I'm, I'm envious. <laughs> this is very cool. All right. We're going to move on to how we kept it geek this week. Um, as I was mentioning to you before the show started, um, my house is in complete disrepair right now. We actually had quite a few audio problems because we were trying to unsuccessfully use uh, my laptop instead of my regular setup uh, because everything's packed up. Everything's on the living and kitchen half of the house because we're redoing the floors throughout the entire home before we reno our kitchen. And uh, I don't know if I've ever mentioned my kitchen on the show before, but uh, when we bought this house, it was owned by a old Greek shipping magnate. So this big billion dollar Greek shipping person that has like 10 houses over the, the world, you know, all over the world. And this was their like two week visit for the wife to, to kind of see a specialist out in the, the Coachella Valley. And so they were maybe here a month a year and they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars making it the ugliest house that you could possibly imagine. All the walls were covered in black padded fabric with like bright multicolored flowers on it and parrots and bamboo shoots and <laughs> just and there was not a room in this house that was not pink and the last holdout in this uh pink house well we still have the bathrooms to do which are all pink with geishas painted into the basins of the sink and everything but uh our we call our kitchen the barbie dream kitchen <laughs> because it is pink hand painted everything and so we just can't do it anymore and we've been putting it off and putting it off because once we do this, the, the the chain reaction effect throughout the house, if we change this, you have to change that. And if you change that, you have to change this. So we finally have gotten to, to start that. And so consequently, uh, we're doing the floors through the entire house. And so we've had to move everything from that bedroom side to the living and kitchen side. And then at sometime this week, we're going to move everything back to the other side. So... That has been my <laughs> that has been my week. Um, the only geekiness that I've been able to kind of sneak in there is uh, two friends of ours who I've mentioned on the show before, Gene and Jeff, came over and uh, helped us move some furniture, and they are big Buffy the Vampire Slayer fans. And I'm a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, and my husband doesn't care about Buffy at all. But the three of us are have just decided that he is not allowed to go through life without seeing Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So we have started at the beginning, and we get together maybe once every couple of weeks, and we go through two or three episodes, and we are telling him that he is going to have to watch the entirety of uh, Buffy. And we have even threatened him with, uh, once we catch up to where... Angel splits off. We're going to have to kind of weave him in, into the series as well. Oh, so absolutely. He's, yeah, absolutely. And, and unfortunately, right now we're going through season one, which is like you can't skip season one because so many characters are established in season one. Yeah. But it's not a, it's not a great season. No, like, but it's also only 13 episodes. Exactly. So once we get through there and it starts to become a little bit more serialized and, and, uh, you start to really invest in the characters and the, the season-long plots, I think you will get in, into it a little bit more. Yeah. See, my one of my things is there are still two episodes from season seven mm -hmm. that I've never seen. Oh, really? I own the box sets. I have uh -huh. all of it on DVD. And I've watched the entire series numerous times, like 
like seasons one through six, I've seen probably seven or eight times. But I'm always hesitant to go back to watch those two episodes from season seven, because that means once I do that, there will be no more Buffy for me to watch ever. Are they the last two episodes? No. There's the last episode, the episode before that, the two episodes before that. Okay. So they're not, I don't think I'm missing much, but still, there's just those two episodes that I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever watch them. Although maybe I'll do that once I catch up with the James Bonds and all, everything else. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I haven't actually watched most of Angel. So once we start weaving that in, I'll be excited because that'll be new for me. Um, it was just happening, it was happening at a time where I just didn't have that much time to watch yeah. TV and, and, um, it had a little bit of the same problem where I don't think that the beginning of it was as good as it got as it went on. Yeah. And but, the, yeah. The, the last part of Angel, like the last two seasons of Angel got really weird. Oh, did they? Yeah. Um, not good. Not good weird. But okay. I, well, we'll have to decide as it's coming if we if we yeah. <laughs> leave those two seasons in or not. But I did enjoy. I do enjoy how Joss has continued Buffy and Angel in comic book form. Now, have you read those? I've read Buffy season eight. I know they're okay. finishing up Buffy season ten right now. I have not read seasons nine or ten, um, but they're on the list. They're on the list of things to catch up on. Yeah, I've I've read the first few issues of season eight, and uh, it's definitely something that I forget about it. I forget that it's there, and I'm like, I I need to go find these and and catch up because yeah. I hear they're they're very good and they do a very good job of continuing the story. And, and what's really great is they are no longer constrained to the budget of a TV show. Right. So, and I think that opens up a world of possibilities for just those characters. Yeah. I Now, I wonder if Joss Whedon, and because you're a huge Firefly fan, maybe you, you know the answer to this. Has anybody talked to him about doing a comic book series? He, d- there are comic books for Firefly. They're not, I don't know if there's an ongoing series, but I know he's done, I want to say like four or five, uh, four issue arcs like little mini issues uh i want to say like one-offs but they're bigger than one-offs like four issue short stories well that's cool but it seems like i know how much he's invested in that i you know i wonder if you'd ever think yeah that's a good way to to continue because i think he was not he wasn't upset that that buffy was ending but he felt like he still had more story to tell so he told yeah yeah and what yeah I don't know. I don't know his thoughts on Firefly, but I also know he's probably one of the busiest men in Hollywood. That's true. Although recent articles have said that he's going to try and um, slow down a little bit because he feels like he's not doing what he should be doing. He's like needs to to go out and fail a little bit and try some more experimental things. And yeah, I think that's cool. I do think I actually would like to see him do more of that. Yeah, more just stuff that's weird and different and outside of his box. Yeah. So yeah, so we did a little bit of Buffy. Um I got a little bit of Hearthstone in. I'm playing that every day, just get my dailies done. And um that has been about the extent of my geek. We we were watching uh Dark Matter. Oh yeah. Which we were trying to catch up on that because it, it got good reviews. It's going into a season two. But uh, we, we got sidetracked while we were talking uh, with our Buffy friends. They suggested um, How to Get Away with Murder, that they had watched that this season. And so that's been taking up our time. We we got hooked instantly and 
have been marathoning that the last couple of days. So. Okay. So that that has prevented us from diving into more of our geeky TV, and a lot of the stuff's on hiatus too. Yeah. So. How about you? What'd you do this week? Um, I'm catching up on Doctor Who. I've never watched Doctor Who before, so I'm towards the end of season three. Uh, I have been catching up on the Geektitude podcast, so that's been fun. Uh, and then two things: I've read my first two comic books in a very long time. One, uh, one I got for free on Comic Book Day called Archie Rocks Canada. It nice. was horrible. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it, it was literally like it was paid for by the Canadian Ministry of Travel. Oh, because no. Because every page was like, welcome. Oh, here we are in Quebec, where we're going to play at this great landmark. And the people here speak French. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, oh my God, this is so bad. I'm so glad I didn't <laughs> pay for that comic. Um, oh. And then I also got a issue at san diego comic-con of uh archie versus predator oh no uh, which is again that goes into the kind of crappy horror movie category but Uh the first issue was pretty funny and now the predator is on a plane with them back in riverdale so that's i am gonna need to pick up the other three issues in that story arc but other than that that's been pretty much my extent of keeping it geek I don't just read Archie comics. I want to make that clear. <laughs> it's, just, it's just what you got into this it week. It just happens to be the two issues I read this week. I'd, I'd say good for you, <laughs> but it sounds like it sounds like it was a bit of a mixed bag. Little bit. Oh, very good, very good. Not a lot of news. I mean, there is, but it's all very concentrated about around kind of stuff that we we know that's been going on. So just kind of casting announcements and everything else. So we're gonna just just touch on a couple of things really quickly before we move into the meat and potatoes of the episode. But uh, I know you're not a, a huge Arrow Flash fan, but Legends of Tomorrow has been releasing uh, basically character videos every day this week and introducing each of the different characters that are going to be on the show, which I'm I'm excited about because, as I've said on previous episodes, I'm a big team superhero fan. I, I'm not as interested in solo like a solo artists in the superhero world, uh, because I like to see how everybody kind of interacts. It's always the the fun of watching stuff like the fastball special in X Men, or you know how they use their powers together to make it happen. Um, it's one of the frustrating things about why not understanding why Hollywood can't make a good Fantastic Four movie, because that's the whole reason Fantastic Four are good is because they're always trying to use their powers in fun and unique ways. Um, so that's why I think I'm so excited about Legends of Tomorrow coming out because it's just a whole bunch of superheroes fighting bad guys. And so you, you watch these videos and it's all action all the time, which sometimes just, it's just kind of fun to sit and watch the toys you played with as a kid on screen. Oh yeah. You know? Absolutely. So yeah, so that's been coming out. Um, now you said that that was, you know, a, a lower area of geekitude. Do you have any interest in catching up to that stuff? Is that ever going to make your list or is that just kind of something that doesn't appeal? You know, maybe I, I think I would put catching up on the DC comic universe, Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, like probably above rewatching Buffy or rewatching Firefly. So mm-hmm. maybe once I get through all the current shows um that I'm watching, like catching up on, like catching up on the Doctor Who's, uh catching up on the James Bonds, uh, then maybe I would go back and start catching up on those. But there's always 
other good shows coming out that I don't know if mm-hmm. I'm going to have a lot of time to go back and and fill in on Arrow and Flash. Yeah, and that's completely understandable. Um, I was talking to Ray on last episode, and I think I think it was last episode that we talked about this, where he was saying, you know, he's loving Flash, and I'm like, would you go back and see Arrow? And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, you know what? I don't know that I can come up with a good reason for you to go back yeah. and watch like, Arrow. Veronica loves them. Veronica, mm-hmm. like, she's a huge fan of Flash and Arrow, but she doesn't even have time to watch them. She, right. she reads the recaps online the day after it airs, and then that's enough for her. Well, that's kind of cool. I, I I understand that because there's plenty of shows that I've been interested in and just can't get to. Yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones is a little bit like that. We got through season four one summer where we were just kind of marathoning it to try and get through. And Game of Thrones is not a show that's great for marathoning. Mm. It's a little bit, you know, after a while you just need to take a break. And so I think we burned ourselves out. And so now I'm so far behind that it's kind of like I'm almost tempted to say, uh, I'll just, you know, when I get to the books, I'll read the books and we'll, we'll, we'll be good with that. Yeah. Game of Thrones, that's one of the shows that I like enough to make a point to schedule to sit down every week on the day it, and I watch it when it airs. Mm-hmm. You know, everything else I will catch up on when I can. Yeah, I think our problem was is at the time we didn't have HBO, and so when we did get HBO, we're like Game of Thrones. <laughs> and then we're like, oh, Game of Thrones, too much Game of Thrones. too too many but Thrones, yeah. too many games. Yes, too many hell of it. Um, so that happened. That was going on this week, and uh, more pictures of Doctor Strange. And um, have you ever followed Doctor Strange comic book wise? I haven't, but I'm very excited for the movie, mostly because I love Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm-hmm. He's awesome yeah and the the show just looks great i think it's gonna be kind of fun to have something different like when did the thor movies come out there's something so completely different than the rest of the superhero genre movies that are coming out yes and i'm kind of hoping that that meets that same kind of no it fills that same kind of niche where it's it's going to be different and weird and yeah i i actually really liked how they did that with guardians of the galaxy yeah, I thought Guardians yeah. was really good, and it didn't feel like it, it felt more like classic sci-fi than it's a superhero movie. Yeah, and and I think that's kind of where you know you hear all about this you know exhaustion that everybody's getting about the superhero movie, but when you add different elements like this and it's still comic book movies, but it's not necessarily the superhero genre, I think it makes a big difference and it, it cuts it up, and it's going to be really interesting to see when they bring it all together. Yes. I'm I'm really excited for that. Well, very cool. Um, so that is it. That has been the news for this week. Just kind of this is coming out and that's coming out. And a lot of end of the year reviews. So we're going to move on to the the main feature today, talking about dumbbells and dragons and your blog and what you're doing with geeks and fitness. So tell us a little bit more about your blog and and what you're doing with it. All right. Well, dumbbellsanddragons.com was a way. For me, uh, you know, I'm going to start at the beginning. When I was growing up, I was very tiny, very scrawny. Uh, I went through high school at, you know, very weak, 120 pounds, constantly being picked on. Um, And I was a nerd. You know, I was into my comic books. I was into my superheroes. I wasn't at all athletically minded at all. And then about 10 years later, when I hit 25, I met my best friend. Uh, and he used to be in the military, and so we would start working out together, and I gained a lot of weight, uh, muscle, so good weight. Mm-hmm. 
And it was just, I was this nerd getting into fitness culture and he was this, uh, essentially he was a, he's almost a stereotypical jock, but we would talk about sci-fi and comic books and, you know, things like Game of Thrones and, um, Buffy and he's a huge Buffy fan. And so we were constantly talking about weightlifting and all this other nerdy stuff that people normally wouldn't think would go together. And so fast forward a few years later, I just started meeting all of these on one side. And I'm going to, I'm going to use these terms, not insultingly, but lovingly. Um, but just for ease of names, I don't want anyone to get offended. Um, I met all these nerds who loved working out. And then I met all these jocks who loved nerding out. But the nerds were always intimidated by the big guys at the gym just because they weren't as big as them. Then these huge guys at the gym were always scared to show up to a tabletop thing or to show up in costume for a midnight showing of Star Wars or something along those lines. And I actually met one guy who was he's 300 pounds of just solid muscle beast and he was always intimidated to go into the areas of nerd culture, like walk into his comic book shop, um, because he was afraid of being judged, much like I was afraid of being judged when I was working out with lower weights than everybody else. And so I created Dumbbells and Dragons as a way of creating a community for jocks and nerds to share and get whatever it is they're not getting outside. So if you are feeling low on your geekitude, you can come to Dumbbells and Dragons and like kind of find a community, find a home for you. And that's kind of where the idea came from is I wanted everyone to just have a safe space to develop their fitness levels or develop their nerd levels. You know, I wanted everyone to level up in the area they wanted to. That's awesome. That's such a, a great, you know, pulling together of two communities because as you know, as I've said on this podcast multiple times, we're not as as a geek culture community not very good at accepting people that are not like us. And and that's a shame because everybody brings in uh, a different geekitude. And I think that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed about having this podcast is that everybody that I talk to each week, they have a completely different set of things that they like, that they enjoy. And there's a lot of overlap and there's a lot of stuff that that I've either never heard of or really not into. And all of a sudden I get excited about that. It's like, wow, I haven't heard about that. That sounds like a lot of fun. You know, oh, wow. You know, that sounds like a really terrible, terrible horror movie. I would love to see that. You know, and and now I've got something else that I can get excited and geek out about. And I just it, it it frustrates me when when people can't look at other people that are excited about things that are similar to theirs and just see the differences. And I think it's awesome that you're kind of joining those two communities together and letting them kind of share that experience. Like this is our one this is our one life on this on this planet. Do we want to mm-hmm. spend it nitpicking each other over differences or learning as much as we can about somebody else and maybe their experience can help shape our experience in a positive way. And exactly. One of the other reasons I started Dumbbells and Dragons is because I wanted to motivate people to love their physical selves regardless of what they look like. I wanted it to be very accepting. I know that 
low self-esteem is such an epidemic in this country, in this world, that I want people to say, to look in the mirror and say, I'm beautiful. I love this. Because I think that way they will have the courage to take risks that will actually change the world. Like, what if somebody has an, a brilliant idea to create, let's say, time travel or space travel, mm-hmm. like travel in light years, but because they don't feel accepted physically, they never take that risk educationally, mentally, and they just mm-hmm. think they're meant to be, you know, some, I don't know, I, I, I can't think of a good way to put it, but they just, they never allow themselves to reach their full potential. Yeah, no, I see that as a teacher all the time. My students, uh, an increasingly large number of them, seem to be very afraid of failing. And so because they're very afraid of failing, they don't, they don't try anything new. And, and it's so frustrating to watch because you're like, you know, so, so you make a mistake. So something doesn't work the way you want. But if you don't have that confidence, if you don't have that ability to bounce back from a failure, you're, you're never going to try anything different or new. And so, you know, that's, that's a, a very noble goal. I think that's, that's definitely something that needs to be kind of shouted from the mountaintops right now. And, and you couldn't have said it better is that fear of failure. Like, I don't think failure means the failure doesn't mean something ends or failure doesn't mean that something didn't work. It just means you found one more step to find the solution. You know, Mm -hmm. failing is such a good thing because it means you're one step closer to success. Exactly. Um, And that's actually one of we were talking about the podcast part earlier is I've really been kind of playing it safe. Uh, with Dumbbells and Dragons and not launching the podcast aspect because, number one, I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid that, you know, what happens if it fails. But on the reverse side, there's a little bit of afraid of success. Mm-hmm. What do I do if this podcast takes off and becomes the next big thing? I don't know how to handle that, which you don't know the likelihood of that happening, but... It's... But you definitely have that aspect, that idea that, you know, it could go, you know, <laughs> the fear of failure and the fear of success are so intertwined. And it's sometimes hard to tell what exactly is the one that is interacting with you at the moment. Oh, yeah. And okay. no, it's so it's and it's always the the person who it's always the coach that tells people, oh, this is just what you need to do. Here I am telling people, don't be afraid of failure. And here I am being the one that's afraid of failure. So it's always interesting how that uh, dichotomy works. Yeah. Well, and as far as, I mean, I certainly have firsthand knowledge of that fear of failure when starting a podcast. And um, and what ended up getting me over the um, the hump of that was I basically told my students. I, at the beginning of the year, I had my students come in and, and give a speech on what their goals for the, were for this year. Uh, I had had them write something about that over summer, and all I got from them was to get better grades, to um, not procrastinate, do not... Like, it was all very general, this is what the teacher wants me to yeah. write kind of response. And I said, we're redoing this assignment. You're going to get up in front of everybody, and you're going to tell me what you really want to be um, setting as your goal this year. And I don't care if it's English related. I don't care if it's school related. It could be, I want to work out every day. It could be, I want to, you know, start a fashion blog. It can be whatever you want, but I want to know what 
you want to do. And I had several students. One was like, I want to start streaming video games online. I'm like, well, why don't you? Well, I'm kind of afraid to fail. Okay. Uh, one girl was, uh, I want to start doing photography professionally. I want to see if I can start getting jobs doing photography. I'm like, well, why don't you? Because well, I'm afraid. And so I started picking out these students that were kind of having this fear of, of failure. And I said, all right, this is the deal I'm going to make with you. I am afraid of starting this podcast because I'm afraid it's going to flop. And, you know, it's a very public forum. And so it's very scary. I'm going to make a deal with you. We are all going to do our goals. We're going to make our goals happen this year. And, and that's, we all started doing it. And we just kind of kept checking in with each other. How are you doing? How are you going? Is there anything I can do to help you with what you're working on? And all of a sudden, having this knowledge that I had all these students who would occasionally tune into the podcast and see, are you still doing it? You know, keeps me motivated to say, hey, you know, there are other people out there that are interested in me succeeding and I'm interested in them succeeding. And and it helped. And I think that's a, a big part of why these communities are important is because you kind of need to put yourself out there and say, hey, this is this is what I'm afraid of. And I need some outside force to kind of kick me in the butt and say, let's do this. So, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and and I think I do need that. I think I'm actually going to reach out to a buddy of mine and be like, hey, I need you to keep me accountable and make sure I do X, Y, and Z. And I think that's what mm-hmm. that's what we all need. Like if anyone out there is listening and they want to start a fitness program or train for a half marathon or binge watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, have someone to hold you accountable that checks in on you almost daily. I had a friend, um, we agreed to... Uh, meditate using the app headspace daily Mm -hmm. and so if one of us got on and meditated and we saw that the other person hadn't gone on yet we would text or call or facebook or you know send them hey you need to do this today you said you were going to right Uh, and so i definitely think that's yes that is what people should do if that if you take nothing away from this podcast it's just have a system of accountability for whatever your goals are. Yeah, absolutely. And make sure that you're you're helping others succeed because then you're invested both ways. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's that's the key. It can be a one way a one way relationship. Very true. Moving on to the act actual practical portion of your um your site. One of the big reasons why I was so excited to have you on so early in the year is I know that this is the time of year that everybody has that New Year's resolution that they're going to get back into shape. And so I wanted to know, do you have any kind of tips or any ideas about how people can get started? Because I think, you know, as we've just talked about, getting started is the hardest part. Yes. So the people, I, I equate a lot of it to smoking. If people have smoked, you know, two packs a day for 10 years and then they just they're just one day they wake up, they're like, I'm not going to smoke anymore. And then they don't smoke anymore. They're going to they're going to fail. They're going to go back mm-hmm. to smoking, you know, in one to two weeks, three weeks, whatever, because it's just such a drastic change for the body. So incremental changes are always important. How I started was I started working out with my buddy three to four times a week. I didn't change anything else. But again, I had that system of accountability mm-hmm. because he would give me a lot of crap if I wasn't with him at the gym. So if you've never worked out before, if you want to get healthier, find out 
one aspect of your diet or your physical exercise that you can change. For example, my aunt wants to lose weight, so she's never done anything physical. So I said, okay, go for a walk, half hour walk, three times a week. Okay. Once you get that habit, increase it to four or five times a week or increase the time to 45 minutes or an hour. So don't all of a sudden join a gym and think that you're going to be there 24 hours a day, you know, being the next Mr. or Miss Olympia. Do the incremental changes. One of the good things that I've tried to tell people is if you drink three sodas a day, if you drink soda, cut one soda a week out of your diet and keep doing that until you're no longer drinking soda. Soda is incredibly bad for you, especially, I actually, people might disagree with this. I do believe there's a little bit of science uh, on Dumbbells and Dragons, or you can Google this to find out, but the diet sodas are actually worse for you than regular sodas because there's more artificial chemicals in them that your body has a harder time utilizing. So I do want to, like... The little increments, if you if you go to the gym and you work out a little bit here and there, vary up your routines. I've subscribed to Muscle and Fitness for five or six years now, um, and it's always giving me little good tips and tricks, just little new exercises to switch up my routine. Here's a good story um, mm-hmm. that I think might resonate with people. Uh, in 2011, we wanted to run a Tough Mudder. I've, I've said that a couple times. Tough Mudder is a 12-mile obstacle course race. And in 2011, I was like, no, I'm not in shape. I'll sign up next. You know, I'll, I'll get in shape this year, and I'll sign up next year. 2012 came came around. I was like, oh, I'm not in shape. I'll get in shape this year, and I'll sign up next year. Finally, a month before the race in 2013... Me and a buddy were saying, oh, you know what? We're not in shape. We'll do it next year. But instead, we were just, we're like, you know what? If we don't sign up now, we're never going to sign up. So we signed up a month before the race, and we trained our butts off. And we ran the race. We didn't do well. Like, we didn't have a quote-unquote competitive time. But we finished. Um, I ended the race with two sprained feet. Oh, my. (laughs) But... You know, it was such a great experience that that led me to be coming into the best shape of my life because I knew I wanted to do better when I ran the next one. And when I ran the next one, I didn't have any injuries because I I, I mm-hmm. knew what I was training for. So if there's something out there that you're telling yourself, I'll get in shape and then sign up, don't. Sign up and that'll force you to get in shape. It's that accountability. It's very much that accountability. Um, but... I, I I can't stress enough to people, don't bite off more than you can chew. Like, don't try to go zero to 60. You know, accelerate gradually, small changes. It's to, to share with people my own story. I started working out. Then I started changing my diet. Then, you know, and changing my diet, I was like, okay, I would eat turkey sandwiches instead of roast beef sandwiches. Then about a year later, I decided to cut out... I decided to avoid carbohydrates. So I will never tell myself that I'm eliminating this from my diet, but I will avoid it. So I'll still go out and I'll have my hamburger, but I'll get it without a bun. You know, then subsequently in the last year, I've decided to go organic. Last couple months, I've decided to cut out added sugars and added salt. So, I mean, this has been a journey for the last six years where I'm just tweaking small little steps, eliminating things that 
are bad for my body. Now, things that are bad for my body might not be bad for other people's bodies. Everyone's body reacts differently to different things. And yeah, I mean that I that's that's a lot of I mean when you talk about kind of pacing the 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 changes. I know that you know this year, well a couple months before the end of the year, my husband and I decided, you know what, we're not doing diet soda anymore. But we didn't cut we don't we didn't like say we couldn't have it. We just not bring it into the house. And so, you know, if we're at the movies, all right, we'll have a diet soda. Or if we are out to dinner and, you know, we we feel like having a diet soda, we don't say, hey, no. But that goes a lot from having one every day to, you know, one maybe once or twice a week. And often we don't even feel like we want one, although there are times where, you know, my husband will walk by and go, I want a diet soda. Um and and that's okay because you know we've we've eliminated the the temptation in the house but we don't deprive ourselves of it completely. Oh. And I think those those incremental changes you know definitely do do make a big difference um without making you feel so desperate that you kind of just rubber band back oh, to where yeah. you were. And you know even even now like you and I have been discussing like I like beer. Yeah beer is not the healthiest thing for you. (laughs) (laughs) No, talk about carbs. So, but it's, you know, especially with the holidays, like I'll have a bottle of beer poured into a glass with dinner probably four to six times a week. And I'm like, it's Mm -hmm. delicious. I enjoy it. I'm not, you know, some people might say that's a lot of beer to drink in a week. And I'll be like, yeah, but it's not like I'm out getting schmammered on Bud Light and Keystone Light. Right. You're enjoying something that is is uh, positive for you, but you're doing it in a way that's not harmful. It's in moderation. And yes, in the grand scheme of the world, is having a beer with dinner multiple times a week a, a healthy magazine recommended thing to do? No, but it sounds like you do plenty of other things that counteract having a beer with dinner every night. That may be true. <laughs> and I'm... I, I want to stress that I'm always available to whoever wants to take advantage of my experience. I'm, I'm, I'm an attorney. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a personal trainer. I'm a guy who has found what's worked for me and I encourage everyone else to find what works for them. And I'll be more than happy to share my opinions with anyone who wants to ask. Um, moving in a slightly different direction, do you have any suggestions for geeks in particular? Things that kind of, those of us who just dread doing what we should be doing to get into the gym or anything else, or, or who are feeling intimidated to, to take those steps, um, can we talk a little bit about geeks specifically, geek culture specifically, ways to either make it more fun or less intimidating? Yes. Um, for those in the Los Angeles, North Hollywood area, there is a gym called Nerd Strong, and they, it's essentially a CrossFit gym, but all their workouts are modeled after things in nerd culture. Um, like they had a, uh, Spock workout when, uh, after Len- Leonard Nimoy passed. They have like the Incredible Hulk workout. But they will also have community events, tabletop game nights, movie nights. Um, they cosplay to a bunch of Comic-Cons together. Um, and some of these people are not what 
society tells you you quote unquote should be. Um, but they are beautiful, amazing, confident people that are so accepting. So if anyone's in the LA North Hollywood area, I recommend checking that out. Um, other people who are intimidated. I know when I first started going to the gym, I was like, oh my gosh, everybody is looking at me and judging me because I'm not as big as everybody else. The truth is everyone there is too preoccupied with themselves to really notice you. And the people who, I, I, I will say that there are probably some people who notice you, they're not there for the right reasons. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So I hope that helps at least some people mentally, but you don't need to go to a gym to get in shape. Um, I want to say, I do believe we have an article on the blog um, that was written because the gentleman did not, doesn't have a gym, um, doesn't have a gym membership, doesn't want a gym membership, and only works out at home. So if people want to go on the dumbbellsanddragons.com and check that out, I encourage that. But like I said, if you want to get in shape, it can be a simple bodyweight workout, push-ups, sit-ups. If you can't do a push-up or a sit-up, do half of one. And then the next week, do three-quarters of one. And then you'll get to one, and then you'll get to two, and then you'll get to a hundred. Um, and like I said, walk, run, jog. I know it's miserable. Oh, oh, good app. If you hate running, but you want to get in shape, um, I think it's called Zombies Run. <laughs> and it is a audio app. You get it on your yes, It's Zombies Run. You plug in, you play the story, and you start running. And throughout the story that's playing, um, zombies will come and attack you. And it's essentially you are a survivor in a post-apocalyptic world with zombies, and it tracks your running so it knows where you're running. And you can set it to say, okay, I want to run a mile today. So it will set for you a route. And once you get to a specific point on the route, there will be a equipment drop. So the audio will say you've approached the equipment drop. Once you're there, you turn around and you run back to your base. And now you have all this new equipment. Um, really cool app. Really fun um, I hate running. I cannot stand running. And that app gets me to do it more often than if I didn't have the app. It's fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. And let's be honest, a lot of us have zombie survival plans. We, if you, if you like, if you like zombie stuff, oh, yeah. then you, you have a zombie survival plan. And, uh, and the, the, the funny thing, the ironic thing is, is that, a lot of us who have that zombie survival plan could never put it yeah. into place yeah. <laughs> because we are just not at a fitness level where we would be able to do that. It's what Zombieland taught us. Rule number one, cardio, cardio, cardio. Exactly. Exactly. So that's an awesome app. I'm, I'm actually one of the things that I've thought about doing this year to, to get back into shape because that that is one of my New Year's resolutions, although I'm not doing too well on it yet. Um, but uh was, you know, that that is running is something that I'm considering and I'm it's odd that I would consider that because if you ask me what my least favorite thing about exercise would be, it would be running. But I think it might be something that would work for where I'm at in life yeah. right now. Because you can kinda of run anywhere. And so um so that that might be something that I have to look into. And you know, for those people like like I'm currently nursing um a knee injury. 
So I'm not mm-hmm. running, but I'm doing other sorts of high intensity cardio stuff to keep my heart rate up and things like that. If you know yourself and you know that you're not a runner, you'll never be a runner. Right. You know, go to the gym and use the rower. Go to the gym, use the bike. Go to the gym and lift weights. There are so many different ways to get fit without having it take over your entire life. And I don't, I don't even want to say get, get fit. I just want to say like live healthfully. Yes. Um, one of the things I, I heard this from my, my aunt. She was, she'd gained a lot of weight and she wanted to lose weight. One of the things she never did was eat breakfast. So she started eating breakfast in the morning, like a healthy breakfast, um, you know, oatmeal and some eggs or whatever. And she was losing weight. She lost about 30 pounds in six months because it kickstarted her metabolism. So, and that's not saying, hey, everyone go out and eat breakfast to lose weight. I'm not saying that. (laughs) I'm saying different things are going to work for different people. And if you don't eat breakfast and you want to lose weight, you might want to start having a small breakfast every morning and see how that kickstarts your metabolism. It really makes a big difference. Uh, last year I did lose a little bit of weight. I'm since put most of it back on, but that was a big change that I made was not just, um, having breakfast, but, but eating consistently because that would be my problem. I'd be so busy that I would skip meals or I would, and then I would either overcompensate later or I would, um, you know, eat stuff, whatever was, was on hand, which was usually not something that was healthy. And so, just changing that one thing, making sure that you're kind of making sure you know what your meals are going to be. Oh, yeah. And and eating them consistently is a big thing because when you have to be on your own, that's when the bad decisions uh, start. And coming. one of the things I used to eat when I was in school um, was I would take a box of Velveeta shells and cheese. Oh, no. I would mix in a can of Hormel turkey chili. So, first of all, Chili Mac is by far one of the best things on this planet. It is delicious. It is not very healthy for you. <laughs> no, but it's it, phenomenal. Yeah. But not, not if you're trying yeah. to lose weight. And don't get me wrong, I'll still enjoy a good bowl of Chili Mac. However, it'll be, you know, once a week on my cheat day. But, so I went from eating this Velveeta shells and cheese with turkey chili, but then I'd I was like, oh, I need to be healthy. So I'd throw in a can of peas. <laughs> um, and number one, the serving size was so large that I would just eat that for like a week. It was ridiculous. But right, right, when right. I was meal prep, as what you just said, is a huge important thing. Um, because no, number one, no one has all the time in the world to spend cooking. And at least not me. I can't afford a private chef. So I will crock pot food for the week. And it'll normally nice. be like... Um, I will get, I'll throw in like four chicken breasts, some, um, uh, I'm trying to think of one of my latest ones, like a can of, uh, diced tomatoes, some tomato paste, um, throw in some sweet potatoes and then spice it up. And you've got a Mm -hmm. relatively decent chili like meal that's actually really Mm -hmm. healthy for you because it's just chicken and tomatoes and sweet potatoes. Right. Um, and when I was single, that would last me. I would literally eat it for like six or seven meals. I would eat it twice a day until I ran out. Um, and then I would make a new batch of something else. Obviously, when you're cooking for two, the wife wants a little bit more variety. So I can't do that. 
but you can find ways to meal prep. And that way, when you're like, oh, I want a cheeseburger, instead of getting the cheeseburger, you open up the fridge and you've already got this delicious meal already planned out. It's so much easier. Yeah, and with with all of our house renovations going on right now, that's, I think, going to be a little bit kind of on the essential side because money-wise and, and health-wise, eating out every night is not going to be yeah. a good thing. So we'll we'll need to find, because we will be Sans Kitchen for the next three or four months. And one resource for um, other people who are out there, um, I am currently a user of um, Sunbasket. It is, if people are familiar with, Blue Apron. Um, it is a meal ingredient delivery service where they will give you like however many meals you want uh, and they'll give you all the ingredients and all you do is cook it. So me and Veronica, we get Sun Basket. It's all organic, usually natural grass fed meat. It's about 70 bucks a week, but we get three two serving meals out of it. So I'll get dinner. She'll get dinner three times a week for 70 bucks. And I don't have to go grocery shopping. I All the ingredients are there, and it usually takes me less than an hour to cook. And so she gets the variety. I get to save time and honestly a little bit of money because I'm not buying a $6 thing of spices for, you know, that I'm going to use once. So, right. Well, and also it's got a lot of portion control in that, too, because that's another thing that a lot of us oh, suffer yeah. with especially when we're cooking our for ourselves. It's like if you make something that you could probably have last for two or three meals and it's so tempting because you've put so much time and work into it to just finish it off in that sitting, you know, this at least has that kind of portion control built oh, in. Oh, absolutely. And it's 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 really good, especially like with today, even if you go out to eat, the portions are so huge. Mm-hmm. No human should be able to finish all that food, at least if, you know, it's some places. I know a lot of other like places now are limiting the portions, which I think is a good trend. But yes, but often those places are very high priced. Also true. You kind of feel also like, wait true. a minute, you've added money and taken away food. <laughs> I'm not OK with this. It takes some getting used to. But yeah. Yeah. It does, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's honestly figure out what works for everyone needs to figure out what works for themselves, what works out for themselves incremental steps and if anyone needs any help i will always be available to answer an email to answer a tweet anything like that or if if i don't know the answer i will either try to provide tools to get you the answers or i will hook you up with someone who knows the answer that's awesome and uh i i hope people take advantage of that because i think that's uh that's your your site is a great resource and i I'm very excited about it, and I was very excited to get it out there. So so please, please go visit uh, Dumbbells and Dragons and make sure that you are, um, if if this is something you want to do in the new year, that this is a good time to, to get yourself started. Yeah, and and it takes 21 days to create a habit. So do do something 21 days straight, and then you'll stick with it. Awesome. Very cool. Well, I think we're going to start wrapping up a little bit. So do you have any shout-outs like to to give to anybody anybody you'd like to say I hi do. to I want to give a shout out to uh, my wife Veronica she is absolutely the love of my life and I'm very happy that she could sleep in while I do this um, <laughs> my buddies uh, Joel and Ted uh, I love them I get to see them in another couple weeks we're getting together again and that's it 
Very cool. Very cool. I'd like to send a shout out to uh, EJ and Raven. Uh, I was on their podcast, Girls Gone Wow, last Sunday. So go ahead and check that out if you have any interest in Warcraft. It was very fun. They're two women from London who are hilarious, and they were gracious enough to to let me on their show. So a shout out to them. Uh, and a shout out to you, uh, Kenny, for, for being on the show today and, and putting up with our technical difficulties at the beginning of the show. <laughs> no worries. It was absolutely my pleasure. Coming up next week, we're going to be hopefully talking to uh, some fun people who have a YouTube channel. I'm not going to mention who they are in case they can't come next week. But uh, with the holidays, it's been hard to kind of schedule these last couple of shows just because everybody's been busy with with uh, the holidays and coming back to it. And we've got a lot of work to catch up on. So so I think I've got somebody for next week, but you'll have to, to show up to find out who they are. Uh, how about you, Kenny? Anything exciting going on this week? Um, actually, on a little bit of a random note, um, next week, or actually the week after, Dumbos and Dragons will be heading to Las Vegas for um, the Adult Entertainment Expo and the Adult Video oh Awards. Oh, my. Um, yes. Uh, honestly, if we're going to talk about health and fitness, sexual health is important. And we will possibly be tweeting, Instagramming, and uh, coming back with a blog entry about our experience there. So we're a little excited, a little nervous, because we're a little shy. (laughs) (laughs) So I take it you've never been before? I have never been before. It's always kind of been on the back burner of things that I've always wanted to do. And I finally have a wonderful significant other that encourages me to uh, go. I think that's awesome. Uh, I will be very interested to see how the experience goes because it's something you always hear about, but I don't know too many people who have uh, indulged. So you'd be (laughs) that's pretty cool. Before all my friends, I would be like, "Oh, hey, I'm going to this event," and they'd be like, "Oh, okay, whatever." With this one, everyone's like, "Can I go too?" Like. (laughs) <laughs> unfortunately no <laughs> so it, it be on the lookout for some articles about that um should be a fun time that's very cool <laughs> yes we will definitely keep an eye out for those that's it's just it's one of those taboo things that everybody's kind of just curious about and and like you said shy and, and a little bit uh intimidated to go so that it'll be interesting to hear yeah, about that very uh, cool yeah, it should be a good time very neat all right All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at geektitude.com. If you would like to contact me, you can send me an email to joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at epicgrays. Kenny, how can we find you? Well, uh... You can find me at dumbbellsanddragons.com. My email address is ken at dumbbellsanddragons.com. Um, there are two Bs in Dumbbells, and then uh, Instagram, Periscope, Pinterest, Dumbbells and Dragons, and then Snapchat and Twitter, I'm at dumbbellsdragon. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, we really appreciate it, and we're, we're excited to see all the stuff that comes out of your site. Thank you very much. I am very... Uh, very thankful for the opportunity, and I look forward to hopefully collaborating on some more stuff in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, all of those of you listening out there, make sure that this week you remember to keep it geek. 